Hi, and welcome everyone to the 99th episode of CM Rocks. This is Marcus Erlansson, and today's podcast will be about Financial Services Accelerator. And with me today, I have Guru Faller from Avanade. Guru has over 10 years of experience in IT, working in different roles varying from support and application maintenance, event management, user experience, digital marketing, customer service and everything involving around CRM systems. She has for the last eight years focused her career around CRM and Dynamics Platform, currently working as Solution Architect and Head of CRM in Avenade, Norway. Welcome back, Guru Faller. Thank you. Wonderful to have me back. Did I get that right, Guru Faller? Yeah, that's right. Or depends on where in the world I am, but it's typically something uh, around those lines. Guru Faller is what I would say. Oh, even better. Say it so I don't interrupt you. Guru Faller. Very nice. Thank you. We have some rolling R's and soft U's in Norwegian. Yeah, I, I tried and I, I practiced before, but uh, uh, it wasn't 100%. So what is it that you do? Yeah, I work as a solution architect uh, in Avanide. So I primarily work with Dynamics 365 and I solution uh, for clients uh, might be for a proposal request. Uh, presenting for a demonstration or even just preparing to talk at, let's say, a webinar or um, it's a lot of ums. Um, as a solution architect, I work together with clients and uh, my colleagues to prepare solutions uh, for clients. It could be for a response to a proposal request. It can be for a request for information. All of those RFIs, RFPs, RFQs. Um, and then I present that to the customers, hopefully then also with a, a demo or a POC um, of a working product. And uh, hopefully then I also get to implement that with our customers. Nice. So you do most of everything then, RF for anything and then the rest? Almost for everything. So <laughs> primarily within Dynamics customer engagement, uh, that's where I have my primary focus. So typically what would have been uh, CRM or request XRM? Request for proposal, request for quote, oh, yes. request for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all of right. those. So, so we're customers all the time. What's your last memorable customer experience as a customer? As a customer? Well, it's been a while since I've been a very active customer with uh, COVID, lockdown, etc. But lately I've been purchasing a lot of plants. Uh, so I went to... Uh, quite local uh, it's like 20 minute drive since i live on the countryside but quite a local uh, yeah what do you even call it in english they sell a lot of plants it's a large store you can walk around look at things how they look and uh, see them grow and then i picked some some pottery and some plants and i brought them home and as i was paying like this was super expensive i thought but i did also buy quite a few plants and um just in general equipment for um, for that. And I got home, couldn't find my receipt, started to like summarize things in my, my head and I couldn't add it up. Like either I'm terrible at maths, that could be it, or something is like wrong with, the, with this purchase. Um, and I was not able to find the receipt. I was looking in my wallet, in the car, back and forth to the car and the house. And 
uh, I started pulling out some things from the car and then I found the receipt and I realized like two things had been scanned twice. So I had paid double for the most expensive part. Um, yeah, of course. And that really like bugged me for a second, but I understood quite well why it happened because it was two parts. So both of the parts had the barcode and they got scanned through the till. Um, so the next day I went back there with my receipt and like, yeah, I think something has happened, a mistake. I might have been charged twice for this. Uh, what should we do? I'm sure we can solve it. And she's like, yes, yes, uh, I can understand what happened, blah, blah, blah. And she started like making excuses that someone else had been in the till, that she was like in um, call that. Yeah, she doesn't work that often in the till and they use her like on special occasions. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I understand perfectly why this happened. Like I would probably have done the same. And why don't I just bring another of these pots with me home? And then I can have two of them since I paid for two. And she's like, yeah, that's perfect. That's of course we can do that. Here, let me carry that to your car. And that's my last memorable experience. So first I was a little confused. Then I understood what happened. Then we sold it and I got, of course, what I paid for. But uh, now I have two beautiful pots for my plants. And they were helpful. That, so it, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, mistakes happen all the time. Absolutely. You were on episode 83 and talking about marketing back in November of 2019. And now you're here with financial services and the banking accelerator it seems like you're all over the place is that correct uh, yeah kind of all over the place i guess i work with everything that has to do with dynamics uh, ce so customer engagement and marketing is a part of that a lot of customer service and sales is a part of that and of course financial services tend to use uh, a lot of dynamics products yeah and I still would, I could love to talk about more uh, in depth with marketing again. So if you want, we can switch topics. Ah, uh, no. But so episode 99, what should I do for episode 100, do you think? Well, uh, why not invite everyone that's been on your well, then 99 episodes and bring them in one giant podcast? Ooh, just one month from now, that will be a hard schedule to, to manage. I'm quite sure it would be. Or you can have uh, several small, uh, like fire, rapid fire rounds and do several small ones and cut them into one. Five minutes each. Yeah, that could work. You can get many ex exciting topics. But I'm it's right a lot then. of yep. new things that are coming. Like, uh, have you done, uh, you could do something on Release Wave uh, 2. No, one, sorry. You could do something on 2021 release. 2021 release wave one. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, there are a ton of new things to talk about there, so that could be fun. Oh, well, let's let's see if uh, if that gets... Or I'll just hold on for the celebration and, and see if I can get hold of everyone. Or if you plan quite well, you can get it at about the same time as Ignite, and there might be some exciting news there as well. Yeah, there's, there seems to be always news about dynamics, even if it's not release wave time. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so if we go to accelerators and solutions and industry solutions, what is it and why are they there? So it's dynamics uh, as a product or multiple products and they can be quite uh, generic it's built kind of industry neutral 
And for every uh, end customer needing to build something to fit their industry or domain, um, it is quite time consuming for each individual customer to do. And being able to leverage some commonalities and similar processes between industries uh, or um, domains, it's quite useful um, in order to speed up um, time to value. So it doesn't necessarily help or it helps like maybe in a system integrator that a project would take X amount of time because, of course, it will... uh, generate income etc but it's not bringing necessarily value or value quickly enough for the customer who would like a implementation project going on for let's say two three four years um, so being able to utilize some common models both for the data model but also um, front-end um, and maybe some but apps uh, like either um, now we have power apps as canvas apps or model-driven apps uh, being able to utilize like sales and customer service is in a way an accelerator because that application exists and you're able to to purchase that and use it but you can also um, detail it further if you like by extending it and accelerators are then predefined um, extensions uh, of the platform as a whole um, which it it might be enough uh, to just install that uh, accelerator, but you might need to go in even further. But then as the name accelerator, you've already then accelerated your time to to value or time to market. Yeah. So they speed up the initial sort of modeling and they also bring compatibility between different solutions within the same industry. So you don't have these lock-in effects between one vendor, one banking accelerator, and another banking accelerator that you otherwise wouldn't be able to combine. So once they have this sort of data model based on that, it's easier to get that right because everyone base it on the same data model would that be correct i'd say yes quite you're quite right with that uh, we see that also why uh, it's flexibility when you choose dynamics as your platform um, and then you have a lot of vendors within that space a lot of partners to choose from and if you make your solution too complex of course you might feel that you're you're locking yourself in with one vendor or a partner, uh, it could be an ISV, or it could be with your in-house consultant. Uh, but in general, working with Dynamics is quite similar across all solutions. They, it has some core components that is the same. Um, utilizing then Microsoft's accelerators, you know that uh, X amount of things on top would be the same uh, if you're in bank A, B, or C, or insurance company uh, ZYX. Um, because it's built on the same as we use account and contacts, case leads, sales opportunity, etc. It's built up on the same like core principles that it can be continuously ev- developed and evolving from Microsoft point of view, but also with your partner on top or your in-house consultants. Then you also have flexibility of, of course, choosing partner um, or taking on application development on in-house and also seeing like what do you need on top 
after you've in, installed, let's say, call it that, your industry accelerator and the solution that contains, um, like it, it could be entities, relation mappings, etc. cetera. Uh, you might need to build some extra um, model-driven apps. You might want to build some more Canvas apps or extend it with like virtual agents um, or Power Automate. Um, or just in integrate with other service providers. So there are quite a few of these X industry accelerators from Microsoft now. So I actually had to get the list because otherwise I would forget them. So there's automotive for car industry, financial services, including both banking and insurance. There's healthcare, education, nonprofit, manufacturing, and then media and entertainment. So there's quite a few of those now, and we won't have time to go in every one of these. So we've just picked one, and that's the financial services with banking and insurance. And I think banking is the most developed of these two. Is that correct? Yes, I'd I'd say so. Uh, the banking one is in general availability. So that's uh, available now for everyone to, to use. Uh, the insurance um, accelerator or component to the financial services accelerator is still in, in preview. Uh, so that it will become uh, generally available at some point. I don't have the exact time frame for that, but it um, it is then some parts of it will probably still be under development or uh, in, uh, in review. Yeah. All right, then. So what's the banking accelerator? Uh, the banking accelerator components of um, a standard data model that you would need uh, that's extending on top of what we have or, or know today in sales or customer service. Um, so it has some predefined entities and relationships uh, that's built to support banking. Of course, by Microsoft having a lot of financial services customers over the years, they they are able to see what are the the commonalities and the trends within financial services and see what could be then made the, like a standard offering. Um, and on top of that, uh, there are model-driven apps uh, to give you a head start in, in implementing what your, what your users will need when doing their day-to-day -day tasks. So there is a few um, case case forms there would be like some opportunity forms um, and also um, customers and processes for getting uh, onboarding and know your customer um, sharing referrals between uh, either your partners or uh, internal employees and you can also then extend this with um, generally the power platform and bringing in some Canvas apps, and you can have something maybe you bring with you in, in a branch, um, and you can greet someone at the door, and maybe you scan their driver's license, or you enter their social security number or something else that you recognize them with, or maybe you scan their, their bank card, and you then know which customer you're speaking with. You have access to like their, their banking details that you would be um, be using within your role. Um, of course, there's in addition to that, like Power BI reports um, that are um, 
there are some Power BI reports, so you could get some analytics spots surrounding like how your customer base is. Um, do you get like banking applications, loan applications? Um, who are your your customers and drilling down into to your customers and um, activity flow and like in general, like both for operational uses and analytical usage. So it seems like Microsoft put quite a lot of work into this actually, because it's not just, oh, well, we built a little data model because when I read through the entities and workflows that they support, it's quite a long list here. So it seems that they put a lot of effort into actually making some, at least the data model, some quality. But but what do you think about that? Oh, I, I absolutely think they've they've done so. It's a lot of work on into uh, entities and relations between them. How uh, a user in in a branch uh, would work. Like, do they meet people in person? Uh, do they sit at the back office and different flows uh, a customer uh, would be brought through, like a application or um, maybe it's a uh, onboarding a new customer, etc. So there's a lot of processes that's been thought through here by Microsoft. And I think they've been doing a really good job. Um, And I've been working with uh, financial services for quite some time uh, since 2012. Uh, I have to check actually my LinkedIn profile to (laughs) to remember. But (laughs) uh, so I've been working like internally in in banks uh, as well. And it fits like the the, the general need and use cases that most banks would have, even though the banks, I might upset someone by saying this, but a lot of banks they might think they're quite special and have very special needs towards their customer base and the way they are working. Uh, but there are a lot of laws and regulations that still needs to be, be met. So th- there can't be that much of a deviation in the process. It's like you still need to be um, identified with um an ID uh, to become a legal customer, etc. So there's some some things that won't change necessarily from bank A to B. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of legal regulations and so forth, as you said. So, yeah. And the data model here, it's not just made up because it's based on this, I think, industry standard, the, the buy-in, the banking industry architecture network. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. That's it's quite a long time since I've discussed actually that with someone. Uh, I was uh, in a task force or a group at work, uh, not where I am now, but where I've been previously, and we were discussing like how that data model could fit with the buy-on standards, um, and that would be also helpful in terms of new uh, regulations and sharing data across as we have like open data initiatives also in, in financial services. So this this compatibility is a big thing alone. It's sort of a given within the banking industry. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, and also it can have some similarities like to the open data initiatives like SAP, Microsoft and Adobe and others are having. So like having a, a third party being able to access and use your, your data uh, and giving maybe uh, your customers the best advice on top of combined data from all of their their bank agreements or insurance uh, agreements. That's a maybe a more holistical view 
than you could do if you only have access to your own data. Yeah, and that means that these sort of locking effects that you don't get locked in into dynamics while you, if you choose this, it's very easy to extend with third-party solutions outside because the data model is very easily integrated into other parts. Uh, and and that's just a big benefit as I see it for both me and as a, as a, a partner and for customers. Yeah, I, I agree. And it would help like being able to utilize the data for, for example, for PSD2. Um, and that's uh, being able to share like payment services and uh, customer data across, like I mentioned earlier. And that's being able to do that is, of course, easier when you have some commonality in the data model and it following like the, the standards from um, Beyond and others. And it's good to not have too many standards to follow because then you're only making an additional standard. So yeah. Yeah, what was that you call it? PS fifty two. PSD two. So that's the PS... revised payment services directive. Oh God! Yeah. Okay. Acronyms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very good that you're here and can explain what what these banking terms are because just reading through some of it, I, I'm not very used to the banking industry, and some of it are like, well, I'm not sure what this actually means. Uh, so, so I'm going to go through some of the entities and ask you a little bit about them. Oh, so companies. <laughs> okay, so the companies, that's like accounts in sales? Companies, well, that could either refer to as a, a business, uh, as your customers. Um, and that would probably, it's most similar would be accounts or it, it might even be just a renamed account. And then people, that would be contacts then, sort yes. of? Yes. All right then. So then know your customers. So what's that? Uh, it's typically KYC. It's how it's abbreviated. So it's putting your uh, onboarding through a process. So you, you need to know certain information about your customers. In there, it's they're like their full name, uh, social security. You need some ID uh, you might want some certain documentation from your customer. So it's uh, either you can connect with a third-party service or you can do all of that yourself. And you need to then document, like in Norway, our uh, allowed ID would be our passport. But sometimes we are also using our driver's license. So it would be a way of authenticating who I am. But it might be within your bank, you might want some additional information about me as a customer. Uh, you might also have some anti-money laundering processes that you could incorporate into your KYC. Um, for some, that also means checking if you are a person of uh, political exposure. Um, and uh, like, there's a lot of different like factors that has been integrated into some regulations that are critical to to know about customers in banking. Yeah, so this is really good. So this is more of a process and a workflow then, perhaps than an entity. So so that comes back to that you said earlier about the industry is pretty much regulated. So know your customer is just not the ID, who am I talking to, but also that where did you get your money from yeah. part. It can also be an element of, at least in Norway, 
uh, are the banks are required to ask a few questions uh, in a certain time frame. So like once every year, they might need to collect some pieces of information from you. Like, will you send a lot of money abroad? Uh, where do you get your money from? Like you said, and are you receiving a lot of financial transactions from outside, let's say, Norway or your country borders? All right. So if we're like in the EU and the banks are pretty much anywhere, it could be that you sort of, okay, well, it's over here. You just have to prove it that from your other bank over there or yeah. what have you. Let's stop this round then and go for a bit more. So, so there's sort of referral sharing and then onboarding. So this process goes on right with the workflows in the entities. So it's just not just, oh, well, we made this five-minute investment here and there's actually some tangible things here. Do you have customers who's using this? Uh, yes, uh, we have customers like in in the broader Avanade. Uh, globally, we have customers using the Microsoft Accelerator, but also with our, our own uh, models on top. Uh, either it's the data enhancements uh, that we see are typical for our banking customers that's either not yet been added to to the offering from Microsoft uh, or they might be in a like a niche area that have uh, something that they would require on top uh, so we are using the the Microsoft accelerator to accelerate our own accelerators oh nice so that means that you either have something perhaps country specific some branch specific things or just I mean is the banking accelerator translated into Norwegian already, or do you do that? That would be something that we do, but a lot of like base languages in uh, in Dynamics are translated to Norwegian already. Uh, but there might be some, since it's machine translated, not everything is translated uh. perfectly. So we always do like a, a a check to see if there's anything we should uh, make more Norwegian or a different native language. Um, and then in addition, a Norwegian bank might be a little different from a Swedish bank, but they might be quite similar. Uh, yeah. But we see banks in, let's say, UK or in the US, they're quite different from Norwegian banks. Uh, a typical Norwegian bank would probably also be selling insurance um, and be quite a multi-tethered bank and offer a lot of products from, from A to C in your like financial needs. So that's why insurance is closed into that financial services offering. Oh, I see. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And uh, we also see some some changes in, in the global development of the financial services and financial sector. Is that more and more like what it could be a typical bank uh, are now offering kind of more typical insurance products or vice versa? Um or someone that might only be dealing in in loans now see they also should offer like savings or uh, being able to do um, yeah capital market or investments. Yeah. So about I just thought about these translations that you mentioned. I just have to mention that it, the translation to Swedish it, it was. A lot worse before, actually, because the these default translations inside Dynamics, you know, the activities and you have like an email there you have regarding and subject. And those were, like you said, probably 
translated by a robot because they were translated to the same word in Swedish. And everyone was like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, we have the same in Norwegian. Uh, but of course, like technology evolves and translations and language understanding also for computers have gone a long way. So now we can also do um, like Norwegian to English translations to do uh, analysis, like text analysis, sentiment, intent. And it works quite well, even though we don't have a, a native Norwegian data model to do that on yet. We hope that it will come, but peer pressure always helps. Yeah. So, so mention it here live. That, that <laughs> yes. helps, right? I hope so. <laughs> hope someone will hear us or we're just whispering into the void of the, I don't know. So how many yeah. people listen to your, your podcast? Well, well, it's at least a couple of hundred. So I summarized 2020 and I made like the worst mistake ever. So I, I, oh, I was sort of about to brag about it and I did. And then I noticed that I summarized from January 2019 until December 2020. And that was two years worth of data instead of mm. one. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed because it was in the screenshots that I took from my statistics and then I wrote, okay, 2020 is really great. And I was like, oh, crap. And it was like there for 24 hours. And I was like, oh, come on. That 24 was hours aren't that bad to have it there. But from the uh, last time I was on, I've uh, at least know that someone in Microsoft have listened. So they told me uh, that they liked our, our podcast episode. So at least uh, yeah. they might also hear this. And we want some more Norwegian support. Yeah. And, and perhaps that's the better part also of the translation because if more people notify microsoft about just perhaps support or uh, the you can vote for it is it the roadmap no it's customer i'm not sure what it's called these days but you can ask for features or changes to the product yeah. and if people do that Microsoft do pay attention and and some of the time it's it's mentioned in the release note that we just got that this was one of these connections to that list that okay this was the top one it got voted here it is now solved and also with like a personal thank you note to the individual that raised it and i think that's a super nice thing to do from microsoft so i, I hope they continue to do that uh, and that it also kind of encouraged people to to actually come with uh, requests for functionality or improvements uh, that's one of the the best ways for the product to improve is having something released officially from from microsoft as then it can be yeah. supported and maintained uh, etc in a very well way as a standard offering I have to stop whining then because then I have to come up with solutions instead. I'm so comfortable just whining about the problems. But a lot of whining also contains uh, suggestions for solutions. So maybe just take the notes yeah. from what you wish would happen and then just submit it. Maybe you'll get the thank you note. Yeah, maybe one day. You're, you're so great. I'm I'm just the, the whiner on a podcast on the internet, right? <laughs> um. All right, so so this banking accelerator then it comes with also as you mentioned some sample apps, just m both model driven one and Canvas apps, and that's sort of okay. It's not just a, the data model, but they also develop some forms, as you said, on the account and contact, and then 
on the entities, of course, for themselves. So these processes that we talked about, like know your customer, there is like a process for that one. Yes, there is. And it's also quite good um, suggestions or sample forms as well. Uh, they're very useful. I think they're quite user-friendly. And maybe the best thing with them is that they are taking in use what's what are the other functionality that Microsoft always also provides. And that might be like the, the lead scoring, etc. So inherent processes in, in financial services or a bank would also be leads and lead nurturing and combining, let's say, a KYC process with a a lead because they've ended up on your website, they filled in this form um, and having all of those processes synced together within one solution, um, you are quite quickly getting a strong and um, value driving uh, solution by implementing both like dynamic sales and customer service, but also then putting on top the financial services accelerator for banking. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think it's just great that they do this and and continue to offer us us, and then they extend it just not with the sort of what should I call it the CDS no sorry the dataverse part oh, uh, these name changes the the dataverse part but they also have these Power BI parts right so you can get the analytics side of this as well. Yeah, there's quite a few samples of Power BI resources as well. Uh, I mentioned some of them earlier, and it, it it's it's a good stepping stone to get what would be needed to be tailored. But you don't have to start from from scratch or figuring out all of like the the visuals, etc. So it's good to also then have those. It's built based on the data model that's there in Dataverse. So you already have kind of that modeling, etc. cetera. Um, well, I, I guess I'm not a Power BI expert. That's kind of outside my realm. But I. that's kind of how it, it looks and feels when we start using it. Um, so someone might come and arrest me on that. But that's I think that's one of the like the benefits of having it included is that it it knows also then the, the banking uh, data model and that's why you can utilize it within power bi yeah and then it continues further here with some sample models for azure data lake so you can use it easily as you said with the both analytics side and then the ai and the machine learning so you can take it further and further and further so i mean yeah and then we have people like you who do system integrators or what do you call that that's is it called the solution, the thing that you do? It could be anything, really. Uh, no, uh, from <laughs> jokes aside. So typically, Avanade will be considered like a, a system integrator. Uh, we can either develop on top of like the accelerator. And like I said, I'm a solution architect. So I uh, would then like discuss and figure out with the customer how they would like this to be extended to, to fit their needs Um or problems if they have certain problems that they'd like to uh, to improve on, etc. And and that could be called a solution. Uh, but anything could be a solution from what you install inside uh, the Power Platform solutions, etc. Um, so it's yeah. The, the I was more products, thinking think. about like the industry accelerator, and then this is perhaps 
a bit more finished the the thing that you're offering so perhaps with support and things like that but because it doesn't sound like reading from the industry accelerator that they have a lot of support included and not even a license model right no so it is an accelerator so with that it doesn't come with uh with support on it like that comes with your licenses uh, if you have an EA uh, or if you are through a solution integrator, you might have a CSP. Uh, and then it's the solution integrator that would be that first line support and then hand over to, to Microsoft if there's uh, bugs or something else in the in the accelerator. As a, a solution integrator, we can't fix those those bugs. We can only fix our own, uh, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, of course, but yeah. Uh, but I understand what you, you you meant now, and yes, of course, it could you can consider it then like a, a whole or a packaged solution, uh, since of course we can combine many accelerators, both from Microsoft or our own, and then combine that into a solution. We would typically offer like training and maybe some change management on top of that, if it's a lot of organizational change or just a lot of new processes and ways of working. Um, we of course then offer support we could offer application management and managed services and like the whole shebang the whole shebang i like whole that shebang. term yes very nice all right so is there do you feel that there's anything that we've missed here considering the banking accelerator today i think we've covered quite a, a lot of it and i i might have talked too much but it's. I like accelerators. No. Uh, I like being able to to not reinvent the wheel every time. That's uh, it's a reason why that's a good phrase, uh, and that's inherently what um, the the industry solutions or industry accelerators from Microsoft does. And it could be an industry accelerator from any vendor, really. It could be either like Avanade or maybe where you work, that we create industry accelerators that we could have as assets or um, yeah, leverage inside a project to, to both save time or save money or something to make just the, the customer get value quicker because that's um, the final, like the, the reason why we do this is of course to create, to, to create good user experience and having systems that are user-friendly that you can do your, your processes end-to-end, your daily tasks in. And of course, building on top of Dynamics. Yeah, very nice. Then I will have to end with some totally other questions. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, bring it. What's the gathering? Oh, um, yeah, the gathering. Uh, depends on how long you want to sit here, but uh, I can try to, to summarize uh, what it is today and a little of what it started with. Uh, so today, and, and what its connection is to you, of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the gathering is uh, one of the world's largest lawn parties, so a computer festival where people go with their their physical machines, like. Now we have laptops or we might have small um, small computers uh, and heavy, no, um, and we might have like LCD screens, etc. And everyone would then gather at the gathering with this equipment to both like play video games, computer games, participate in competitions, 
get to know new people. And uh, as I said, like the gathering is one of the largest in the world. And it it has about like 6,000 people that for every Easter, they um, meet in uh, the Viking ship, which was one of the Olympic arenas for the Norwegian 1994 Olympics. And uh, I used in to Lillehammer. be... In Lillehammer. In Lillehammer, yes. Yeah. No, in... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, our Olympics was primarily held in Lillehammer, uh, but the Viking ship is in Hamar, so it's yeah. a little closer to Oslo, not very, yeah, very close to Lillehammer as well. Uh, and uh, before uh, or some years back, it used to be more of an like an old school copy party. That's how it started. You would bring like maybe your Amiga or Commodore. 64 or Atari or something else and your heavy monitors your big uh, computers and meet people uh, and, and and you arranged one of these yes and I, you spent like a year arranging it is that true more more or less yes uh, well, I, well, more, more or less <laughs> I mean <laughs> I've I mean, uh, <laughs> I've been an organizer at the, the gathering, or I, I was an organizer at the gathering for uh, three years as one of the, the main event organizers. Um, so I was the event organizer. So it's it's grouped in different like domains. So I was responsible for uh, both the, the creative area where uh, we encourage people to to learn how to make music, uh, code uh, computer games, um, develop uh, games, uh, but also a lot with like our the backbone of what the gathering was uh, from the demo scene and a copy party, um, and being able to to combine all of those skills in making a demo. So that's an yeah. executable file. Uh, that's synced. it's like a big big hackathon yeah more more or less with a lot of gaming these days yeah so i was that for for three years as a main uh, organizer uh and i also had uh in that role the the esport part so uh i had a wonderful crew organizing uh competitive gaming esports um, I had a wonderful cruise creating a TV studio, a stage where we had concerts, uh, we had live television production, uh, live you streaming. Had. What? Uh, you you said before you had you had you had. It, it seems it seems like you had like the main main responsibilities for at least one of these gatherings. Yeah, I had for for three of them. Uh, for three of them. Oh yes. my god, this uh, is so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so but, but... it's also a few other areas, not just a few, but there's other areas as well, like security, um, and yeah. of course there's a lot of tech, internet, etc. All of these things had like other organizers, but my responsibility was like in the uh the consu- consumer element so the the interactive games uh the creative competitions and concerts and tv nice. studio live studio uh and yeah. before that i was also at the gathering for uh quite a few years inside the the cruise uh, organizing the creative uh, arena yeah you don't get to be responsible just like that right 
<laughs> you have to have some prior experience, I think. So those three years just being main responsible, you probably worked a lot just to be able to do that. So I mean that's amazing. I think I book. almost I think I almost had ten years at the the working ship. Uh, yeah. I think I'm one year short. Oh, uh, amazing! Yeah. And then so then you arranged a Minecraft concert. How does one arrange a Minecraft concert? Well, uh, uh, it started with uh, someone asking the questions. Uh, could we do something similar? To, to this and they showed uh, an event like of course I guess you understand what Minecraft is and that you can play together a lot of people uh, yeah. and someone had seen something similar that uh, to a Minecraft concert not a, a concert per se um, and seen some elements that they wanted to make into a live concert. So my my end goal would be uh, a concert on the the main stage inside the Viking ship with all of our participants as audience and uh, being able to see it live, but also having people at home that weren't able to participate because we were a sold out event. And anyone that would be interested in either like the the music or being able to to play Minecraft could all enjoy this together so then you had like people on stage musicians and singers and then you had people trying to mimic that in minecraft so professional minecraft players trying to mimic what people did in stage so that the sort of video in minecraft related to the audio from the stage right so exactly. you get this mixed feeling of you're in this virtual reality but you have the real concert also happening at the same time exactly perfectly explained uh so we built inside minecraft uh the viking ship like the uh, all of the yeah. where people sit uh the main stage try to do the decor uh, we made uh, what's called skins for the artists, those that were going to be musicians and on stage. And we also had a symphony orchestra uh, that were playing on stage. So we did music from known uh, TV, uh, series, movies, games. So the symphony orchestra learned to play that uh, leading up to the gathering. And we also made um, symphony uh music uh, of the art, the musicians' known songs. So we had a few known artists and uh, that would come and play. So we would like switch between um, like the, the geeky music with the symphony orchestra yeah. and then the, the like live show uh, with pop music and some, yeah, a lot of different things going on. And all of this was also done then in Minecraft. And you could uh, very nice. participate. I mean, this is just amazing ideas. And to pull that off, uh, I, I mean, really well done. Thank you. It was All super, right. super fun. Yeah, I can just imagine. I'm just reading up on this on on, on internet while sort of Googling Guru Fowler. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's my experience of this, just text-based. So nice nice work um all right so if i want to know more about the banking accelerator so where do i go a lot of microsoft documentation uh, around this area so you can like in google uh dynamics accelerator financial services 
there's some blogs written about it. Uh, you can also see some things on App Source from Microsoft. And of course, also the, the GitHub. Uh, and I can provide maybe like a myriad other like links we can uh, supply people with as well. Of course, just just send them to me, and we will be sure to add them to the show notes. And in the app search, there's also a test drive, so you don't actually have to install it. So you can get it with all the data that Microsoft provides. So you can sort of in just a really short while go into it, see what it looks like sort of when it's up and running so you don't have to make a lot of effort to just try it out quick and easy and a lot of the documentation that microsoft provided on this is it's really good and from app source there's like i think it's at least three like pdf documents that are quite detailed on the the con- content of the accelerator the data model relations and like the the forms etc uh, so that's definitely where I would be heading if I wanted to know more. Yeah, so we don't have to ask you everyone. No, but you could if you want. <laughs> but we could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. No, no. <laughs> yes, of course. Okay, I, I mean, I don't have to ask you, but of course, every customer has to ask you, right? No, they can read for the, themselves as well, but I would happily yeah. uh, sit and talk more yeah. of this. Of course. Do you have any public speaking scheduled? I, I don't actually. Uh, it's quite calm at the moment for 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 me. So if anyone would like me to to speak, then just give me a a shout out. Uh, and uh, yeah, I like you said, I could speak about a lot of different topics. Uh, or actually, when you think when you ask that, I remembered something. I am speaking in a, a month at. Uh, the 23rd of March, I think it is. I have to triple check to have it in my, my calendar. Uh, but I'll be speaking at uh, the DIN Dynamics User Group in uh, in Norway about omni-channel and customer service. So totally different again then. Yes. <laughs> That's how we like it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, th- I know I have a, a, a link. Uh, That's that in Norwegian, share. right? So uh, if, yes, they, they... yeah. So if if people come there from from this show, be aware it will be in Norwegian because it's Dynamics User Group. If it's local, it's probably in the local language as well. So sometimes yeah. it it's not. Uh, I know there will Ooh. be uh, the event the month following will have a lot of uh, international speakers. So it could just as easily be English topic in the Norwegian. And Dynamics All user right, group then. as well, uh, but for mine, I think I will stay in in Norwegian. All right. Uh, yeah. Who would you recommend as a future guest on this podcast? Well, what kind of topic would you like? Oh, what would I like? Perhaps more about the industry accelerators because this was fun. Industry accelerators. Or perhaps on the customer uh, insights. I haven't had someone on on that, but they keep changing that. They keep changing that, but they keep changing it for something I think will be a very, very cool product. Yeah. Uh, or it, it's go, it's growing quite quickly. Um, so who would you listen to if, if they were on a guest here? A guest here on Customer Insights. Let's have a, a think. Of that. There's many Insights products coming up. 
and I think you might be able to do a few episodes on each of them, like customer Probably. service insights, sales insights, and then of course just customer insights. So for customer sales insights, I would get Carl Cookson. For customer service insights, I would get Teresa Sinclair. But for customer insights, that's that's a tougher one. It's not that many people that you just send me the names and i will and the contact details and i will be sure to reach out to them but i don't do very many episodes so i I, or i could come back and speak insights of course you can (laughs) when when i when i come to it yes because there's so many interesting things i sort of don't get to to pick everything or i have to increase the cadence so i do twice twice as many but let's see about that. You could have Julian Sharp. Yeah, he's he's a listen. really good trainer. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so if I want to know more about you, where can I find you? You could find me primarily on LinkedIn or in my house, but I don't see people at this <laughs> Corona pandemic times. So um, perhaps we don't want to people look at you go no, I'm not gonna physically put my physical address anywhere but uh, <laughs> no, like you were able to find quite a lot by googling but uh, uh, no uh, people can find me on, on LinkedIn uh, yeah. and I have a Twitter account uh, but I'm not very active there but I enjoy uh, both uh, posting uh, comments and likes and uh, posts myself on LinkedIn and I am starting creating some articles. So if you, you find something you would like me to write about, then ping me. All right then. And then you have your own hashtag, right? The hashtag thank you guru. <laughs> yes, uh, I guess that didn't live very long, but I, I, there was a hashtag for a little while from the gathering, uh, yeah. from one of the, the studio shows. So I had uh, a, a part of uh, the gathering. Um, we did some some live TV studio broadcasting, and some of you might know Geek and Sundry. Uh, that was started by Felicia Day as a YouTube channel, and we wanted to to combine some of uh, that fandom or geekdom that was on uh, YouTube with what we had in inside uh, the Viking ship. Uh, so we invited some of the YouTube personalities to come and be our hosts. Um, some one of those were were Scott, and we had Amy and a few uh, others that were amazing to work with. And they, as one of their last episodes, uh, created a hashtag. Thank you, Guru, and uh, had people say thank you, which yeah. was very nice. Very nice indeed, and that's sort of a reference back to all the various things that you've done. So I will try to keep it that way on Twitter. All right, then. Thank you, Guru Fanla, for your participation in CM Rocks. Thank you for having me. It's been good fun. Yeah, and thanks to your listening. And don't forget, just comment on this show if you want me to do something special for episode 100 or 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 just subscribe in your favorite podcast player. And we will see you next time on CRM Rocks.